Hey everyone, this is Matt. And I'm Greg, and we'll be presenting Record Mashup to you this week. So this week we have uh, our theme of trains. So we have The Train by Outkast, so Big Boy, and Andre 3000. And then we have Midnight Train to Georgia by Glass Night and the Pips. And Matt will be describing that one to you. So we'll start off with The Train. Uh, make sure that you hit the subscribe button uh, while you're listening. Leave us a comment. Leave us a message. Just an email if you guys have any questions or comments throughout the podcast. But uh, here is the train. So it is Outcast sixth studio album. Additionally, it's the fifth single from the album Idlewild. So Idlewild's the album name. Not to be confused with the movie. It's not a soundtrack for the movie. But the movie is also great. It does star Andre 3000 and Big Boy. Uh, Andre 3000 having a little bit of experience with the movies. He had recorded probably, he had filmed in four or five movies probably before that, but this is Big Boy's debut movie. The album does have a couple of songs that go with the movie, but uh, a lot of the songs on it are separate songs. Uh, so make sure you check out both the movie and the album. Anyways, Getting into the song, The Train, as I said earlier, is the fifth single, is actually the last official single for Outkast. I understand the song doesn't have Andre 3000 on it, and it's more, uh, we'll be getting into it, but it's more of Big Boy's transition to his solo career. But it is the last Outkast song, official Outkast song, so... There's a little bit of a tear there. I know a lot of people are <laughs> Outcast fans, but uh, all right, get, getting into it. So the song, The Train, it, it kind of highlights the whole history of Outcast, right? Going from how they started, yeah. how they grew together, and then basically how they're now parting ways and they had a successful career together and parting ways and um, Big Boy going on to his separate solo career uh, to have three successful albums so far. Um, yeah, absolutely, and Greg. And I, I think, you know, that's a really great point. And I think, you know, it's, it's funny. I, obviously, I've heard the song like, hey, uh, yeah. you know, I remember, <laughs> um, you know, but I think, I think one of the things that was cool, uh, you, you, you didn't even really have to know this band. All you got to do is listen to this song. And I call them a band. I guess they're a band all you got to do is listen to this song and you can hear their whole history from the time they started to, to this last studio album. It was pretty, pretty interesting uh, biographical song in that way. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think that there, there's a lot of things. If you're an outcast fan, you probably know all the things that I talked about in the song. It's very easy, um, but they did go through a lot of different things, hardships, ups, downs, whatever it may be. And you have to agree that, they had a successful career and some people even say that they're the best rap group, one of the best rap groups, if not the best out there. And a lot of people like giving, giving crack the Andre 3000, even though he's not on the album or on this, uh, this uh, song is one of the best lyrical rappers out there as well. But um, this does show that big boy himself has, has that talent also. But uh, we, Give description to that song really quick. Um, I do want to hand it over to Matt so he can quickly go over Glass Night and the Pips and then we can start breaking down each song. Sounds good. Yeah, so uh, Midnight Train to Georgia by Gladys Night and the Pips was released in August of 1973. 
it was released as part of the Imagination album by uh, obviously Gladys Knight and the Pips. Uh, it was their second single to be released after they left Motown Records. Uh, so it was released under Buddha Records. And it should be noted that the album version is actually a little bit longer than the single that was released, which is not uncommon, um, as, as, um, as we all know. But a great song. There's a really interesting story uh, behind it uh, that we'll get into uh, in terms of, of when the song was written, you know, and, and how the song was written. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to talk about and uh, to compare these two songs like we've been doing uh, every week uh, prior. So really excited here on our third episode. And uh, yeah, it's about trains. Let's get into it. All right. Thanks, Matt. So let's just jump into the train first. Right. So getting into the lyrics, there, there's a lot of just background to this. I, I think with the, com- the comparison here with Glass Night and the Pits is like, it's a very simple story in uh, Midnight Train to Georgia. Um, yeah. And I think also with The Train by Outkast, it, it's a very simple story, but there's a lot more anecdotes within it. Starting off with, with the song, right after the first couple of words, they kind of get into him talking about his daughter. So he had a daughter like really early on with, with uh, Outkast and, if you've listened to any of his previous albums, he always talks about his sons and his daughters, and he's very proud of them. He's very family-oriented, re- really proud of what they're doing. And actually, on the Speaker Box album, his the, the dual album, so the last one before this was The Love Below and Speaker Box, shows a dual album. He actually has kids on the album, just as like a little skit on the album. So very family-oriented and just, just kind of shows like, he wasn't ready to be a dad in this situation. So he, he, he's outright says that I wasn't ready to be a father, maybe kind of sort of, but like it shows you that back then he wasn't ready, but him growing as a person also, he, he kind of took it on to do that. Um, and then from there, he kind of talks about like, he grabbed the mic and moved the crowd then disappeared. So he started off rapping and then um, it was when him and Andre 3000 actually met was when they actually started working together. So back in 94, um, he's talking about uh, that. That was the year. So Southern Playalistic, one of their one of their albums went platinum. So they, they got a lot of fame from that album. And it was their very first album. And they had a lot of financial success from it. And that's where the next one goes into where he's talking about they didn't tell us to pay our taxes. So they had a lot of financial issues because of it also, where they weren't paying their taxes. They, they weren't, um, they were just spending it on needless things like cars and other things. They weren't investing it or playing on houses or land or anything, which there's actually another song by Big Boy on his most recent album, uh, where he actually goes into that. His most recent album is Boomiverse. Very good album. Recommend you guys all listen to it. Uh, his song Order of Operations. He talks about how he first got famous, got a lot of money, spent it on cars, realized that he was wrong. Then the next year when they released their album, sorry, not the next year, but when they released uh, their next album, AT Aliens, which is also pointed on this song, they did make a lot of money and he did properly start to invest it after that point so he started to buy some land buy buy a house and everything so kind of goes into like just because he has money from the album doesn't mean that he had doesn't have like 
hardships because of financial reasons because he's not financially smart. Yeah, so. and I think, and that's a common problem you see not just with musical artists, but I mean athletes too. I mean they're, uh, you know, I know athletes, ESPN actors, anyone yeah. who hits fame and they hit it too yeah. early because uh, how old were they at this point? They were still fairly young, so that was nineteen ninety four. See, Big Boy was born in 75, so he was 19. Still a kid, you know? Yeah. Someone that's going to hit hit the big time, you know, at, at 19, just moving out, learning the, the world on your own. And, and yeah, like you said, actors, athletes, they all suffer with this problem. So it's nothing uncommon uh, for, for someone that sees instant fame and fortune. Yeah, and I, I don't think I would have invested my money. I, like, I didn't really care about investing money until I was maybe like 24 or 25, you know? So, like, and I'm exactly. turning you're, you're, 30 this month. So, it's only been like five years. So, yeah. Um, oh, no, yeah. You're, you're concerned about cars and, and partying. Yeah, or, and like, uh, I might have bought a house, but it'd be yeah. like a <laughs> house, you know? I'd be like, oh, where's yeah. my car? Like, I'm really into computers and everything. I would like buy like a $20,000 computer or something and just waste my money on nothing. <laughs> um, anyways, so, so from there, he, he kind of goes into just walking around the kitchen, just always practicing his rhymes, always trying, trying to get better at rapping. So very dedicated to his craft. Yep. And that's where we get into the chorus where it's been a long road, time for me to go, time to say goodbye. Basically him saying, hey, it's been a long road. Like he, he's had so much happen over this time, but it's time for him to move on to the next big project. Even if that was another project with Andre 3000 or if it's by himself or if it's with someone else. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think he's starting to say it's time for me to turn, you know, to move on to the next big thing. But then we go down to the next verse and, yeah. and here he's saying they should have turned me loose. You know, it's all about my team, but I now call upon my crew. It's it's almost like he, I don't know. I'm kind of reading into this a little bit, but it's almost as if he felt betrayed or or backstabbed by someone on the on the team. Now, obviously, you know, Outcast is still officially together. Um, yeah. But there's this kind of underlying tone there that, uh, in in this verse, that perhaps there's a little bit more going on than meets the surface. So his crew, like he he has a lot of people. So with with outcast there's also the dungeon family so dungeon family it's like a it's a super group right so you have um you have a lot of groups or artists from that area so you have outcast have you ever heard of CeeLo green oh yeah (laughs) yeah so he had a group called a goody mob and they were part of dungeon family and then one of the guys on here uh sleepy brown he does a lot of stuff like he's part of organized noise which was like guys who did like some of the beats and things like that for outcasts and like that those groups and stuff and there's a couple there's a whole bunch of other people that are that are part of it but like they're all part of dungeon family and like i think it was last year or the year before i actually went to a dungeon family concert and all of them were there and everything minus andre 3000 basically and cool. uh like that's his crew like that's who his team is how how i perceive that and he says yeah, he's but- a family type of person but he's deadly dello too so I, I know we skipped a verse in here and kind of jumped to the third verse, but he, what he's saying there is like, he can, he can do it in the group, but he can also do it by himself. So yeah. like, he doesn't need the group to, to succeed. He can definitely do it by himself. And I think he proves that in this song to show that he can. 
and I was, as we've told our listeners before, you know, rap is not my genre of choice. But as uh, as an outsider who doesn't understand that that you know intimate knowledge of of, of rap history and and all the different yeah, I would like to say groups. that I'm not a rap historian. <laughs> I listen to rap. I follow a couple of people. I know a little bit of background about them, and then I learn it through some of my other friends who are very like into. Yeah scene and everything like that so like i, w- I will not say i'm right <laughs> yeah and I, 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 I that's not what I was, what I was trying to suggest but but you certainly know a lot more about it than i and uh you know just as an outsider it, it's interesting to hear that that information because you know i i would not have perceived this song in that way i mean I, I, you know my my perception of that lyric was you know that he was feeling a need for multiple reasons to have to go solo it, so I just, I interpreted that lyric differently. So it's, it's, it's good to know no, that. No, I, I think there's like some underlying notes maybe into it. Like, I don't want to go solo, but I do like, I want to show that I can. And like, I do, he, I think he just has like a love for like the music and everything. So he yeah. continues to do that. And if you listen to his solo albums, he, he definitely, definitely does. And uh, his first solo album, I loved it. And then his last one, really loved that one too so so um out of all the solo stuff he's done it's it's from some pretty good stuff and i think because he he says that he can still hit the stage and still rock by himself like he definitely can uh and met met the dude afterwards for for like a couple seconds uh after the concert that i went to and he he, cool he's a great guy like he's very uh charismatic and upbeat and uh definitely has a lot of energy to him yeah, um, that's cool. But uh, I feel like we skipped the second verse, so I want to go back yeah. to that one. Sorry about that. I was trying to make a connection. <laughs> uh, just going out of order today, you know? It's loosey-goosey. So he continues on from the from Southern Playlist at Cadillac Music, which is their first album, and then kind of goes back into L- AT Aliens. He was killing it. And then his auntie passed. So he was going back to that family oriented. It's not just like family oriented with like his, the people he's friends with or like the, the group that he's with, right? It's actually his family too. So uh, very close, close knitted with like his family, his auntie and everything like that. So just showing that like he's, he's a person too. Like, you know, like all these people are superstars and everything, but like they feel the same pain and everything that, that we do. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I interpret this next line to here too. It, it, you know, it's clearly not the first person in his life that he's lost. And, it, it, you know, he's clearly lost his dad and his grandfather as well. And so it, it's interesting, you know, he, he clearly, you know, I, I don't know what his relationship with his mother was like, but this, you know, clearly his aunt was a mother like figure to him in his life. And uh, so it's interesting that, that, that kind of plays a part in this kind of buildup of him wanting to go towards his solo career. Yeah, definitely. So, so I don't, I don't think like his aunt replaced his mom or anything, but, um, no, no, I didn't mean it. I didn't yeah. just someone so close to him. And that's like the first time he really felt that pain. Yeah. And, uh, he kind of had to get through, through it. Like his way of getting through his singer as an angel kind of guiding him. And then keeping with that, he's saying, even on, it's your birthday on, on your worst day, you know? So keep that like, mentality that feeling that it's still a great day even if it's a bad day like you're gonna get through it it's still gonna be a good day you're gonna overcome that yeah. and then going into the next line he's like literally like first day he's antoine andre nicknames himself general Patton. he's got a 
another side group called Purple Ribbon Gang, and then uh, had a couple of songs from that that got played on the air and had had some success with that as well. So he, he had Outcast had a, has himself, and then he's got other other groups such as the Purple Ribbon Gang and everything that he's producing himself. So he's got a lot of success in there, and even going with the the third verse which i know we went through a lot already is that he's not going to flop and that um you can say where we want but you're not going to stop him basically so so there's a lot of a, a huge success story in his version of or his take on the train basically like it's it's been a long time coming like there's a lot of stuff that's been happening but now the train like train's passing and he's kind of moving on to the next thing yeah, absolutely, and that's a great that's a great segue, I think, into our the other song, you know, Midnight Train in Georgia, um, which was not a success. <laughs> um, yeah, the exact opposite; it was a failure. <laughs> um, yeah, so Midnight Train to Georgia, we'll we'll go through that, and then we'll we'll talk about the two songs together. So Midnight Train to Georgia, obviously, we talked about this is you know released in nineteen seventy three uh, by Gladys Knight and the Pips. But it was actually it was not written by Gladys Knight, and I think this is Greg. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this may be one of the first songs that we've done that was not written by the artist that we're talking about. Yes, and um, I will say that was common for like the Motown record era and um, yeah those types of groups where other people who may not have the singing talent or maybe they do and they just pass the song off to someone else. But yeah, someone else writes the song and then they get the, that group that happened a lot with a lot of other groups like the temptations and people like that too, as well. Yep. And it still happens today. It's not, you know, there's, there's a number of, a number of people that, that are just their job is to be a songwriter. And And there's nothing wrong with it because writing the song and performing the song two completely separate Absolutely. If you can write the song and perform the song itself, like that's something good for you. But like maybe you're not uh, talented at writing things, but you you can play your heart out, you know, two completely different things. Very hard to do both. Absolutely. So. So, yeah. So Midnight Train to Georgia was actually uh, a song written by Jim Weatherly. And what's interesting and and Greg, I know you found this, too. The song uh, was not originally called midnight train to georgia it was uh called midnight plane to houston and uh, there's a really interesting story that goes goes along with this so jim weatherly was an aspiring songwriter at the time he was living in uh, los angeles and was playing in a flag football league of all things with a guy by the name of lee major and he and lee became good friends and about that time lee started dating someone yeah, yeah, someone who would become a huge actor, Farrah Fawcett, uh, who is uh, most famously known for her role in Charlie's Angels. And the old so, one, not the Barry Mack one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the, the old one. They're probably too young to actually know yeah. who uh, <laughs> Farrah Fawcett is. But yeah, so Farrah Fawcett, huge, huge celebrity. She was, you know, I think most guys' crushes, <laughs> most guys' crush back in the day. Yeah. Um, if you don't know who she is, look her up. She's, you know, Gorgeous, gorgeous lady. But anyway, so Jim Weatherly, the songwriter living in L.A., becomes good friends playing flag football with Lee Major and his girlfriend, Farrah Fawcett. So he calls up Lee, his friend, one day, and Farrah 
uh, actually answers the phone. And she says the phrase that, oh, I'm about to, I'm packing up. I've got to go catch a midnight plane to Houston. Well, something in Jim's mind clicks. He's like, that's such a great name for a song. So he immediately, as soon as like he got back, you know, to his apartment or whatever, immediately wrote it down. And, and supposedly he wrote the song within an hour, which is pretty remarkable. And he actually cut a demo, recorded it himself. Um, he had envisioned it really as a country song, actually, when he first wrote it. And at some point, I, it's not clear if, uh, if his publisher sent it to make the rounds or if, or, or if someone reached out to him after he had recorded it. In any event, Sissy Houston, who is Whitney Houston's mother, caught wind of it and requested to record the ver a version of it. But she wanted to make two subtle changes. She wanted it to be a train, and she wanted it to go to Georgia, not to Houston. So Sissy Houston uh, was the one and the reason for why the, the, the song was changed from Midnight Plane to Houston to Midnight Train to Georgia. So Sissy Houston records it. It gets a little bit of fame, uh, not, not quite as much as the Gladys Knight version did. But Gladys Knight also decided, heard the song, decided to, to record it, and being from Georgia, Gladys Knight uh, is from Georgia as well as the Pips. She wanted to, to keep it as a train heading to Georgia. So pretty interesting story that, that led to, uh, to its writing. But um, the song itself, uh, it's a great song. We'll, we'll get into a little bit of the fame that's come with it. But it's a pretty simple storyline as uh, there seems to be a pattern. I seem to be picking pretty simple songs. But <laughs> um, <laughs> But there's a, a clearly a, a woman that's living in L.A. and she's fallen in love with this man who's also living in L.A. Um, but he had moved to Los Angeles uh, in hopes of pursuing a dream, uh, presumably to become an actor. Perhaps it was a songwriter. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on in L.A. But ultimately, his dream failed. He couldn't make it work. Uh, his aspirations fell short. And uh, so he's he's trying to to, to go back home to Georgia. Uh, to to the place that's simple and place he knows, um, and this woman who's so in love with him, she just she can't stand the thought of being without him, and so she's she's heading on that midnight train back with him. So that's pretty much the song in a nutshell. It's not much more to it than that. You know, we hear we hear the chorus several times, and it's you know there's there's nugget you know nuggets built you know dropped in that refer to trains. You know, it's a one way ticket, but yeah, it's it's a great song. Um, so as I said, Gladys Knight was not, and the Pips were not the first to record it, um, but their version was released in 1973. And uh, the song actually debuted on the Hot 100 at number 71. And it did actually hit number one where it stayed for two weeks, but it also won a Grammy uh, for and Best R&B. their first number one also. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. It was yeah. their first number one hit eight weeks after it hit 71. So yeah, it was eight yeah. weeks after. Okay. I didn't realize it was their first number one. So yeah, first number one. And uh, as I say, it won a Grammy uh, for best R&B vocal perf performance by a duo, group, or chorus. And this song has been featured in countless movies and TV shows. It's been covered by several artists, including Aretha Franklin, Neil Diamond, Garth Brooks. And in many ways, Greg, I think this song has become Gladys Knight's signature song. She actually wrote in her memoir, and, and she's still touring, by the way, although obviously we're in COVID, so she's no one's touring these days but yeah. um but she wrote in her memoir that that she she really hopes that this song can can speak to to the folks that do move to to la in, in an attempt to pursue their dreams 
um, and that they can find comfort in it. So I think it, it's one of those songs that's had a lasting um, legacy because I think it, it speaks to so many people that have, you know, that, that for whatever reason aren't, aren't able to achieve their dream, but, but are constantly seeking it. And so in contrast to, uh, to the train by outcast, you know, where they, they did achieve their dream. This is, this is a song about not achieving your dream. Yeah. I, I don't want to like focus too much on that. He's not achieving his dream, but like he, so, I mean, that's really what the song focuses on, but like he kept dreaming. Like he, he, even after he failed, like he kept dreaming that someday he'd be a star, but he was really finding out the hard way, which shows that he preferred to kind of be in that simple place because your dreams don't always come true. Like no matter how you, how try hard you try, there's some things that aren't possible. Like I would have loved to be in the NFL, you know, but <laughs> I yeah. definitely was not fast enough or strong enough. I would say that I was like maybe above average for the average, like American person, but definitely not like NFL shape, you know? Yeah. So, um, and especially with the schooling that I, route that I took like I didn't have time to actually focus on school and like college football you know so like it's not like something that I could actually focus on and like that's a dream that sure like what I like to be in the NFL that would be super fun but uh it's something that I can't see but um yeah and then it goes back to just being in like the simple place knowing what you know just going back to what you know so um, yeah, and that, I mean that, that's a really great point. I mean, I, I think I think that's fair. We don't want to necessarily categorize everybody that moves to LA as being a failure, even if you don't achieve your dream. I, so yeah, that that's a fair uh, fair criticism um, of my analysis. But you know, we, I mean, because we don't know, the song doesn't tell us you know why he didn't achieve the dream. Maybe you know, maybe he just ran out of money. <laughs> um, you know, can't can't pay that month's rent, right? So like he could have gone, people can have multiple dreams too. So he could have gone yeah. to LA and like not made the dream there, but maybe yeah. there was a backup plan that he was like, you know what, if that dream doesn't work out, like this other dream that I have is like good enough. Absolutely. It's like just as good as my going to LA, making it big type of dream. And maybe that works out for him. Right. Yeah. So one thing I would like to kind of focus on is like, the girl gets to live out her dream, right? So yeah, I, that, so, that's true. Her dream is to be with him, absolutely. The, which it really makes it sound like, like she really wants to be with him. So like, her dream, maybe not that he wasn't successful, but more that she just got to be with him and that he yeah. was back. So like, they both got to be together. So like, you can kind of spin it to her perspective also. And maybe it's not a failure. Maybe it is a success. You just, yeah. um, it depends no. really what your priorities are and your, like your internal dreams are. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it is written from her perspective. And, and who's to say that, you know, she didn't become his dream too. You know, we don't know. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so maybe his dream failed because he wanted to come back. Yeah. Like, I know pro- probably the point of the song is that like, not everyone's going to be able to get their dreams, but was was his backup dream just just as good like was him coming back did that make him just as happy yeah so while the train from outcast kind of focuses on the past and like what's built up to this moment for 
big boy really specifically for his future. I think this one kind of focuses more on like, sure, it focuses a little bit on the past that they failed, but like it focuses more on the future of like they're taking this midnight train together and they're yeah. they're going on for their future. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's an interesting parallel I think between these two songs. So obviously, Midnight Train to Georgia, the imagery within the song is very um, explicit in the fact that it's a train, right? They're on a, a physical train. Yes. Um, whereas the train by Outcast, there are in fact, trains only mentioned two twice in in the Outcast song. There is the, the yeah, it's the, mainly the chorus really. Yeah, you know, the very beginning where it's like all aboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think both songs, you know, kind of have this art to them, right? And they're going from point A to point B, and so there's this kind of implicit train that's implied by both songs. Yeah, the train of life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's got multiple layers to it when we think about, you know, what what is a train? You know, is it a locomotive that you know carries passengers and freight or is it just this larger path of life that we're on yeah and i think both songs cover that great and just this different perspective and i think both can give you like just something to either look forward to or look back on so like with, with the train by outcast so like just looking at back at all of your past accomplishments, whether they're bad or good, like it, it brought you to where you're at. So like yeah. what things did you experience when you started at point A that brought you to this point B? And uh, with Midnight Train to Georgia, they kind of like focus a little bit on point A to point B, but now they're going point B, which is George, like wherever they're at to point C, which is Georgia. Yeah, um, they're going to that future place together. So yeah, I, I think they're both great. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think I think we're we're getting really good, or maybe we're just getting really lucky, Greg. I don't. <laughs> but uh, we're, we seem to be do what? At picking songs. Yeah, and 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 <laughs> how they have so many uh, similarities or, or overarching themes that really kind of overlap between the two, and I think you know that's what this podcast is about. So yeah. you know, we're taking two different songs from different genres and, and mashing them up to see what those similarities and comparisons are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt, did you have anything, any other comments for the songs? No, I think, you know, again, two great songs. You know, I, I told you offline, Greg, uh, before we met, you know, I, I had never heard this song by outcast before. I, I'm still waiting for that song that you picked that I've heard before. So, but we'll, we'll get there at some we'll get point. There maybe one day. <laughs> uh, but song one day, so maybe you can know that one. <laughs> yeah, but but I'll say I think of the of all the episodes we've done so far, though I absolutely loved this song by Outcast, and I'm amazed. Well, if you really like it? I recommend checking out the album. I do yeah. Pick it up. It's really old, <laughs> 2006. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but no, I think. Uh, it was great week. If you haven't, if you've never listened to the songs, go back, listen to them, play them uh, with now that you've heard this commentary and then hopefully you'll get a, a, an interesting perspective as you listen. Yep. So uh, with that, hit the subscribe button. If you haven't already uh, send us an email, our email, you can reach us at record mashup at gmail.com. If you've got any questions, ideas, suggestions, songs you'd like to hear on the podcast or hear us talk about, shoot us a message. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Anything else, Greg? Any last words? 
Uh, no, we just appreciate that you guys uh, listened to us this week and uh, the past couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Matt, uh, what do we have planned for next week? Yeah, next week. So we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be hitting a little bit of a heavier topic next week. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about illnesses and, and diseases uh, as our theme. So um, I'm actually going to take on a song I absolutely love, Chandelier by Sia, which talks about uh, the battles and the struggles with alcoholism. How about you, Greg? Uh, so I'll be hitting ADHD by Joyner Lucas. It's actually from his album called ADHD. Um uh, Basically, he kind of talks about throughout, throughout the song and actually throughout the album, too, like how, how he feels having ADHD and everything. And uh, I'm going to try and get my wife to be a guest uh, next week. Ho- hopefully, she'll join with us uh, to kind of give us her perspective of her dealing with ADHD. Absolutely. Be great to have her first guest. So, um, And someone who's experienced, has some experience <laughs> with it, right? So, Absolutely. Give us some firsthand great. insight. <laughs> all right. Well, great. Well, thank you all again. And uh, till next time. Bye-bye. Bye.